Okay, introducing our newest sponsor, Swim Tracks. Swim Tracks is the smartest swim specific tracker ever. It registers a ton of swim data that is translated into valuable real time insights. It tracks the three most important data points for coaches and swimmers time, heart rate, and stroke rate. You and your swimmers can now, from just one device, make sure you're training in the correct energy zones with the correct number of strokes. Visit swimtracks.com and schedule your free demo today. That's swimtracks, T R A X X.com, swimtracks.com. All right, here we go, mate. Sitting here with Sonny, the swimsuit guy. Mate, how you doing? I'm real good, Brett. I'm, I'm real excited to, to chat with you today. Mate, this is a long time coming. We've been going back and forward for a while now of doing a show where we talk about swimsuits. Mate, it's your specialty. It's what you built your career on and uh, your name on. And uh, I figured we could just go back as far as I could remember, which is kind of like maybe like 96, you know, um, around that era. I'm not sure what was happening before then, but there's a lot to talk about in terms of the evolution of the swimsuit from, from 96 on, right? Absolutely. Like, uh, even just all the way back in history, just what people wore at different points at swimming, you know, no goggles, no caps at one point. You know, men used to wear, like, knee-skin woolen things in, like, the 30s. <laughs> and then, obviously, you know, when you started to come into your sprint prominence, we got the excitement of the briefs moving to the bodysuits and the materials getting a lot better, and it all happened pretty quick as well. Why did you decide to call yourself the swimsuit guy and start this swimsuit channel? So, I mean, I've, I've said it here and there, but I kind of started this channel just because I wanted a way to maybe get suits for free because they're bloody <laughs> expensive. And, uh, you know, I used to review high-end audio and headphones and stuff, and companies would send you samples to review. And, and I really wanted to, like, test out all the race suits and find out which one was the best. But if I'd done that, out of my own pocket, I would have been broke really quickly because, you know, they're like 200 pounds plus. Some of the suits now are like 300, 350 pounds, which in dollars is like, you know, $400. So if you try and, you know, test all these suits out just for the good of the, the world, you're, you're, in, you're in trouble. But yeah, I sort of started the channel and my mate said, well, why don't you be the swimsuit guy? And I, I didn't know if it would grow, if it would catch on or what. And I just sort of went, yeah, that, that makes sense, right? I'm going to mm -hmm. review swimsuits. But even before then, like, I was always obsessed with suits from the body suits in 2009 to the transition into jammers. I always, you know, try to get quirky suits. I remember in 2010, I ordered a load of uh, jacket jammers from, from Italy, like a bright pink one and all sorts of layery ones. I, I cared more about the design back when I was like 14, 15. And then I started, you know, trying to test out if some were quicker and stuff like that. And I've just always been quite enamored by the suits and I guess my first main competition I watched was the Beijing Olympics in 2008 I was 12 and I you know I, I was glued to the TV every day and then the next year I was 13 I watched the 2009 world championships in Rome um so I guess my entry into high level swimming was surrounded by swimsuits in all ways you know that was the boom of the, the plastic suit the shiny suit yeah <clears throat> well as far back as my memory can go, I, I can remember swimming in a, a brief, right? Like that that was kind of the thing when I was growing up. The brief was the thing. Now, the brief did evolve a little bit 
into kind of like this uh, this aqua blade type material. And I actually have one here. Um, this one's actually labeled Sydney 2000. Um, this is this is kind of the first real brief that I can remember that had any type of kind of real fit, real comfort and real, you kind of felt fast in it. You know, like most briefs were kind of a little baggy, a little, you know, they weren't, they weren't tight fitting. The, the Aqua Blade from, from Speedo is the first one that I can remember feeling like I was in a racing suit, you know, and, and uh, look, I, I went over to the US in 97. I ended up winning the 50 freestyle at the, at the NCAA championships that year. And I can remember swimming in something like this, you know, very, very sharp and fast. So this Aqua Blade was around probably from around 96, I would imagine, all the way up through 99. I think this was kind of the thing that most people swam in. Is that, is that your best recollection too? Yeah, I think that's, that's spot on, Brett. And, you know, towards 2000, they did then move from the brief of the Aqua Blade into, you know, the jammer, the leg skin, the yeah. bodysuit. But yeah, the original was the brief. It was like an um, vertical stripes that they have like a I, I don't know what would you say the the feeling is in your hand when you the aqua blade it's kind of it's silky um, you know it kind of yeah. feels silky like it, it does feel slick and, I, and that's the thing i can remember about it, is like it felt comfortable on my body and it felt slick it felt like a like a racing suit you know yeah and and while it didn't do things like compression we talked mm -hmm. about today it still did you know hug the contours of your body and that mm -hmm. was like I, I guess a big step and it was the first time, I guess, that any brand had thought, well, why don't we try and make a suit that's faster for swimmers, you know? And Speedo, with the Aquablade, and I think they call it the Aqualab, that's the, their sort of like place where they design their suits. The, the Aquablade was the first of what has been a long line of, of tech suits, which obviously led to, in 2000, the next suit, which was the, the Farskin 1, or just the Farskin, I guess. Yeah, and in terms of companies, I guess, you know, for, for us... I guess arena, arena was around for sure, but Arena wasn't like big, big time in Australia. Speedo was the thing, you know, like we, we just wore Speedo. That was kind of the, the go-to. The Australian swim team was was uh, sponsored in some somehow, some way by Speedo. A lot of the individual athletes were Speedo. So it really, there wasn't a lot of competition in the swimsuit area, especially in Australia. I'm sure it was probably similar in America, maybe, maybe in... Uh, in Europe, uh, Arena kind of had a, had a grip there a little bit. It was really those two companies were the big ones, and it wasn't until kind of uh, 2000, even even Thorpe coming out with his Adidas suit, right, For, where, where we really started to get a little bit of competition in the swimsuit area too, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. <coughs> but I, I, th I think the uh, – I've got it here. Um, the Speedo Fast, and I think you've got one as well. But mm -hmm. again, they come with a lot of colors in this, but it was the first one they really started talking about shark skin because it has like a shark, skin, shark yeah. pattern um, on the, uh, the seal. I can't really see the shark pattern, mm. but they started to talk about the suit being like mimicry of, uh, or biomimicry, I think it's classed as, where they try and make the feeling of, you know, a shark skin, which is hydrophobic and slick through water. But Picking this suit up now, I mean, the first thing you notice is just, just how many like seams it's got. It's got these stitched seams all mm. over the suit, and it, it feels heavy. It feels mm -hmm. really heavy, mm -hmm. super mm -hmm. stretchy, like ridiculously stretchy, and it seems like a far cry of what we have today. But this was like the first. I'll do a close up. I'll, I'll do a close up there. See if we can see it. Speedo. Yeah. 
Mate, it's interesting you say it feels heavy, right? I've got a story about this, this heaviness, this feeling, right? So <clears throat> we're sponsored by Speedo in, in 2000. They come out with, well, the, the talk is they're coming out with this suit. Now, there were individual sponsored athletes like Michael Klim, Grant Hackett, these guys that were making big, big money, right, from Speedo. These guys were the first people to test these suits. They were in the testing pools. They were in, they were in the first to get the suits, you know. So everyone else was on the outside looking in. So in the in the lead up to 2000, this brand new suit's coming out. This, you know, they're doing a big marketing campaign in terms of hyping it up. And we can talk about the future of some of that too, you know, 2008, you know, all those sorts of things. So it happens every kind of cycle, right? But this was the first one where it was like, we have this brand new shark skin. Man, they made videos of it. They made sharks swimming in the water and swimmers swimming against them and things. And so we're, we're actually, it started to play with our heads, you know, like, well, oh man, we've got to get one of these suits. If especially me, I'm a 50 freestyler. So it wasn't until very, very late in the process that I got this suit and they kind of just forced it on us. Here, you've got to wear this suit. And I, I remember putting it on and I felt heavy in it. Like, like you just said, the, the suit, the fabric felt heavy. Like I'm used to shaving my body down, having this little slick thing around my waist and nothing else. And this thing's all of a sudden attached to my chest, strapped under my legs. I felt really heavy with it. And I actually pushed back on Speedo. And I said to them, look, I, I'm very comfortable in the Aquablade. I want to continue to swim in the Aquablade. I'm not going to swim in that at the Olympics. This is my Olympic Games. So I actually forced Speedo to make me a personalized aqua blade for the uh the sydney 2000 so if you have a look here let's let's check this out um let's go in here so this is my this is my sydney 2000 aqua blade i'm going to go full screen on this one so we can see it look at this look at that that's a full screen full oh that it went down to my knees because i didn't like the feeling of of that it was a zipper in the back here this one's actually still got its tag on i didn't actually use this one i'll show you the one i actually used at the games this this is the one i swam in at, at the olympics so uh, in 2000 um i loved i just love the feeling of that slickness and that 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 silkiness and i uh i forced speedo to make me my own personalized aqua blade for the sydney olympics and if you, if you go back and watch the games everyone else is swimming in that uh that big shark skin thing so so maybe when in my recollection saying that they did an aqua blade and everything but the brief maybe i'm wrong i mean i think i am wrong and they just made you the knee skin which is why i know i knew the knee skin existed because i've seen yep. videos of you wearing it um, Man, i think they made this for me personally i don't i don't think anyone else has one of these and this one still has the tag on it. so you can imagine the price tag of this thing this one is a is an authentic sydney 2000 never been worn personalized aqua blade from speedo no one else in existence right there that's that's so cool that's so cool and i i don't know i i think we're quite similar brett in terms of caring about what we wear and suits and you know we'll get to 2009 later and and what you you know your team and stuff but i, I guess a lot of people just do what they're told you know they're given a fast skin one you wear this mm -hmm. suit and you know, even back then, you were probably like, "This is thicker and heavier than the Aquablade. Why? Why are we doing the fasting? Mm -hmm. Why can't we do mm -hmm. the Aquablade?" But obviously, if enough people had said it, Speedo wouldn't have had a good look because yeah. they wanted everyone wearing the fasting. That was their <laughs> their suit, well, right? Actually, funny thing is, I actually got a, an Aquablade from Bill Pilzik. Bill Pilzik won the '97 World Championships, and uh, he actually gave me his suit. 
um, that he wore. I think I think he wore this suit at the 99 Pampax. He wore it somewhere. But anyway, he gave me his suit to wear at the 2000 Olympic trials. And here it is here. This is another one of those special suits, right? This one says wow. USA swimming on it. If you go back and look at myself winning the Australian championships at the 2000, I'll go full screen again, the 2000 Olympic trials, I'm celebrating winning the Australian Olympic trials in a USA swimming uh, swimsuit, Aquablade again. And I had, I, I did my best time. So I went, I think um, I went from like a 22.7 down to a 22.2 in this. Broke the Australian record in this thing. Dropped half a second, and I said to myself, "No, nah, I've got to have one of these for the Olympics." So that was the that was the the thing that did it for me. But yeah, the another one of those rare ones in existence here. I don't know if there's many of those floating around, but that's Bill Pilsick's suit. He gave that one to me, and then I replicated it for 2000. So yeah, listen, mate. Uh, look, I don't know if it's a sprinter thing or whatever, but it's a it's a matter of feel. You got to feel comfortable in your swimsuit. I don't care if they're shoving it down your throat and saying you got to wear this thing. If you're not comfortable in it on race day, you're you're shot, aren't you? No, absolutely. And just quickly on a little bit of a tangent, but you'll remember as well in terms of comfort. But a guy you raced, Mark Foster, used to wear the Diana mm. suits, and he had the zip on the front, um, mm. which might have been for a number of reasons. He just liked the look of it, <laughs> but whatever. But it's the same sort of thing, and that was another personalised thing that he was the only guy wearing a front zip suit, um, and that was a brand that doesn't exist anymore, or at least. I don't think it has any prominence, but Diana was kind of pretty big back in the, the, the day in Europe and the UK, and they made a lot of bodysuits. Um, probably yeah. like the arena are today now, um, Diana was. Yeah, yeah, Diana came into it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I remember the Mark Foster suit. Uh, I raced Foz in uh, 2002 at the Commonwealth Games. I remember he stood up on the block and he had this zip at the front. I remember he just like, he had his chest out, you know, and uh, I remember he just like zipping it up really slowly for dramatic purposes. And uh, it was awesome. I think, I think he, well, I've got a picture of him back there, but he's not, he doesn't have a suit on, but yeah, um, that was a cool one. So I think that's where we started to get some different, different suit companies come in and play with a little competition there. But um, well, I think for the most part, the, the, that's where it started, right? The evolution of the swimsuit really started with that shark skin, whatever they called it in 2000 and that was the hype and then it was like okay technology now is really part of swimming and, and it really started to take off and i remember even alex popov pushing back and saying i'm not i'm not wearing these suits i'm gonna i'm gonna swim in a brief right popov would swim in a brief and say i'm gonna beat everybody in a suit and it wasn't until i think 2000 and uh maybe 2003 2004 where he kind of gave into the suit and was like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna Put myself in a competitive situation here you know yeah um, it's it's a crazy thing because he used to wear just the briefs and no cap even and mm. you know he, he he weren't shaved like he weren't like michael clem or one of these guys that wore no hat but you know had no hair he had like normal hair and it's like that's crazy right why would you put yourself in that situation but i guess it's kind of like if i can beat everyone in this situation <laughs> i just look way cooler and way more yeah. alpha just by sort of beating all these guys in a in a full body suit. Yeah, mate. Um, I got some stuff from two thousand and four. Have you got anything from around that era? I I, I haven't got anything from two thousand and four. I actually have got an epic suit that you sent me to do a giveaway on, which I'm going to do soon. But that's not here. But I I kind of see like two thousand to two thousand and seven as like 
a really slow progress because mm -hmm. 2004, again, new Olympic cycle, and I'm mm -hmm. presuming you're going to have one there, was the Farskin 2, the FS2, um, mm. which still had that shark skin. It was, and okay. it was, I don't think it's as heavy as the, the original mm -hmm. Farskin was, and it has less seams and it's a little slicker. Yeah, then. But well, I actually I just, I just wore the legs in 2004. Yeah. I mean, tell me your thoughts. Did you think it was miles better than the Farskin and the Aqua Blade, or it's still much of a likeness, right? It's still a textile fabric. Yeah, it is. It is, and I'll, I'll go full screen here. So let's have a look here. So yeah, it's still it's still textile. I think I think one of the things they did is they started to reduce the seams a little bit, and and then um, it start. I think this is where the compression really came in. Like these suits were were starting to to get with that compression, so they started to have seams in different spots. I still wasn't super comfortable with the thing being over my chest. I felt like it was just too heavy on me. So I actually went in two thousand four just to the full legs. And I actually uh, had success with this suit. I swam at the 2004 Olympics. This is the particular suit that I swam in. And I, I actually went my best time, 22.07 in this one, 22.07. Um, in fact, just, uh, just as a little side note here, it's still faster than David Popovich. So I just want to remind, I just want to remind David, I'm still faster than you, buddy. Come on, mate. Uh, <laughs> you got to throw the jab in every now and then, Sonny, right? Um, yeah. You've got, you got to remind these young guys, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think 2004, you know, started to see a lot of weird technology come into suits. So I don't know mm. if you remember the, the, the bodysuit version of the Farskin 2, but they put like little pimples on the mm. chest. Right. And I think that ended up getting cancelled. That was like the first time Fina started to say, no, we can't have that. And the, the mm. idea was it created like, you know, turbulence in the water so you slipped through it easier. Tear did a thing where they put like trip wires um, on the front of their suit and also on their cap. And Tear actually done a thing where they were like sleeves. So you could almost basically create the Ian Thorpe suit with the full arms, mm. but without having anything like here. Um, again, that got banned and you had to wear one one piece. You couldn't wear arms and legs as like a two-piece sort of race suit. But I remember some weird sort of technology technological jumps but none of them that really stuck or probably were that great um yeah let's talk about the thorpe suit because that that was one that was unique right that was just for ian thorpe it was uh well i i, I take that back you know what jody henry actually had a version of her own she came out i think in 2004 mm. in the in the same suit and won the olympics so adidas was sponsoring ian thorpe solely right so he comes out with this suit that everybody says is some sort of magical super suit I did have a chance to to feel it, and there was definitely some things that were very unique to the Adidas suit. It didn't feel like some sort of magical special suit by any means, but uh, but Ian was the only one in it. And I'll tell you a, a side note on that: Ian was so protective of his suits, um, he would he would actually cut them off so that they couldn't be worn again. So, uh, and, and I think they were very difficult to get on and for ease of on and off. But he would cut the suits down the uh down the wrist here and then he would cut them down the ankle so he could just strip strip them off but also so that no one else could use them and then what he would do he would stuff the suit in his bag so that no one could take a suit so there's no ian thorpe suits out in the world anywhere um he he's the only one that has them he would he was very protective of them and uh and that's how he, he would uh hold on to his suit but yeah interesting story there eh? I think what Adidas done with Ian 
you know, who was obviously an incredible athlete, and he was winning obviously way before the suit, if there's mm -hmm. any doubts about his talent, you know, 98, 99, 97. He was like mm -hmm. 14 and going world record. So, you know, mm -hmm. and he'd done that in the brief, probably the Aquablade brief that you had there. And mm -hmm. but Adidas, in terms of marketing, they had the best swimmer in the world at the time, and they had him wearing a suit that no one else was wearing. Mm -hmm. And it was just like the picture of swimming in Fort in this crazy suit that went down to the wrist, down to the ankles. And mm. I don't know, I think it was marketing genius. But yeah, yeah like, so much craziness about it. As you said, I've, I've obviously tried to get my hands on one, but you just can't mm. because no. they're, they're not out there. And mm -mm. it's, no. I mean, what they did as well was they stopped anyone being able to copy if there was anything slightly more advanced. Because as we saw in 2008, once one good thing happened, every other brand just latched onto and, yeah. it, and it extremified it. So the fact that there wasn't variations from other brands in 2000, 2001, just shows how closely guarded that suit was. Yeah. I've got a couple of other examples here before we move on beyond kind of just the, like you said, the, the 2000, 2007 era, there wasn't a lot of advancement, but I've got a couple of other suits I want to show. So let's have a look at this real quick. So this is one, this one here is just a, a brief that we wore at the 2004 Olympics. So this was kind of our, this was kind of our um, competition type warm up brief, you know. So we we would wear these at the competition pool, kind of fancy, you know, colorful. They really stood out. But again, it's the uh, it's the kind of I don't actually I don't know what this material is. It's not this is not an aqua blade. This is more of a lycra type material. So interesting interesting feel on this one but uh but definitely colorful it was one of those ones where we wanted to stand out now this is the same era 2004 this is actually our training brief this is what this is thicker on the sides here again this has got a tag on it so it's a brand new it's brand spanker um 2004 training this is more like uh i don't know what are they called nylon this is like a nylon brief you know so um there's a couple of briefs uh, training briefs that we would use uh, in, in in different circumstances, right? Competition, training, so yeah. I Ooh. like that. Uh, they're pretty cool, them ones, the first ones you showed me there. They're, uh... We individualize training in the pool, so why not individualize your nutrition? Erica Biney of Biney Wellness Building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans. So stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body. Athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates. Erica understands swimming. She gets it. She's worked with over 20 Olympians, including the fastest man in the world, Caleb Dressel. Group discounts are available. So go to Biney Wellness Building and get in touch with Erica today. That's Biney, B-E-I-N-E wellnessbuilding.net swim angelfish swim angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities swim angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism physical disabilities anxiety sensory and motor conditions and more learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with swim angelfish Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to swimangelfish.com today to apply.
And then I'll, I'll move on to 2006 real quick. So 2006 was my last competition, Commonwealth Games. I've actually got one here that's still in the package. Let's check this one out, eh? Um, pull it out of the package. Pull it out of the package, eh? Why don't we, why don't we pull this one out? Got a live right. unboxing, eh? Oh, there's a live unboxing. So look at this one, mate. Oh, that's special. That's green. That's a green suit. Still got the tag on it. Look at that. Boom. Worth cash. Anyone wants to pay for these suits, let me know. Hit me up. I'm looking to uh, get into retirement. Uh, what does this one say? This one says like 2006 Commonwealth Games on it. Okay. This is probably another one of those um, training briefs, I think, you know, more like the 2004 one. So, yeah, that's a that's a green one. And then the last last suit I'll show you here, Sonny, this, this is actually 2006. I gave in. I actually gave in here, mate. I'm sorry. I don't know what I did. But I went, I finally said, you know what? I'm going the full hog here. And um, let's look, let's go full screen. I went the full suit. I went the, uh, again, I don't know what they call this one. It does feel more like that, uh, feels more like the, the shark skin type material. But I went, I went for it. I went the full length all the way down, full body suit, zipper in the back. Uh, this is 2006 Commonwealth Games. I look like the Green Lantern and uh, actually took the bronze medal in the 50 freestyle. Uh, Roland Schumann and Brent Hayden actually beat me in this one. And then um, and then we ended up winning the silver medal in the 4x1. I got to swim in the 4x1 for the first time. But that's that was the last swimsuit that I ever swam in this one right here. So there you go. That, that Crazy. was 2006. That suit you've got there, I'm pretty sure is the Farskin 1, not the Farskin 2. Like, I, I, really? I'm not 100% sure, but the seam placement looks mm. like more like the original Farskin 1 yeah. from the Sydney Olympics than the yeah. Athens, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, I went back, yeah, maybe they just went back and forward or maybe I just had some weird thing in my head that I wanted to go back to the old suit. <laughs> I'll tell you this, Sonny, I've got like a, I got like a bucket of swimsuits that have never been worn. I got, I got, I got so many of these things just sitting around a bit of a hoarder when it comes to those types of things, you know, my own personal, you know, stuff. Like I didn't hang on to some of the, some of my team, you know, my, um, my swimmers competitive stuff. Like I would have loved, I don't know. I'd love to know where Fred Busquets read jaked from 2009 that he broke the world record in i need to hit him up and ask him where's the red suit mate send it to me i want that suit. that's as a winner but yeah that was the end of it so 2008 talk to us about that mate what happens then well i, I still think 2007 was a big jump because uh I'll oh, it here. Okay. we had we had the, the papery material start to come in and these oh. suits still feel like the suits do today like if you buy it the speedo laser pure valor the material is not much dissimilar to the, the Farskin Pro. And that's this mm. suit that came out in 2007. I love the design of these suits. They were all, for, you know, I think Australia had green, Canada had red. You know, they were really cool. This is the Arena R Evo, which was mm. um, the Arena version. Um, People love that one there. That that suit there, the sprinters love that thing. Yeah. This one's actually much thinner. If, if I had to pick one of these suits, I'd take the Arena over the Speedo suit here. Yeah. This one has bonded yeah. seams as well. The Speedo yeah. still didn't have bonded seams. It still had them, them stitched seams, um, which seems like obscure today. You get that in budget suits. And that, to me, was like the biggest material advancement we had. And then, obviously, Speedo went one step further. They went the bonded seams in 2008. They worked with NASA, which was the massive marketing. And they put these polyurethane panels on 30% of the suit, 
which was strategic, as they said, and it left you almost having to wear a Speedo laser bodysuit in 2008. And, you yeah, know, yeah. You, you was coaching at the Olympics there. You, you saw it firsthand. So, you know, I'd love to hear what the talk was. Mate, I've, I've, I actually think, I think I told this story in my Cesar Cielo, um, you know, interview with him, podcast we did. So go back and, and listen to that, anybody. That was, that was kind of the detailing of, of the madness of 2008. But it was a, it was like a, a, a suit frenzy, right? Like this, this new suit was coming out. Um, it was super expensive, but it, it was going to, it was a game changer. If you weren't in it, you were done, you were dead. And everybody kind of knew it in the lead up, like this technology was just too advanced, too good. And if you didn't have it, you were gonna be left on the blocks. And so we knew it and and we fought, we fought and we fought and we fought. We get to the Olympics in 2008 and we have to stand in lines. I mean, we haven't seen this suit, we haven't felt this suit, we haven't raced in this suit. We're at the Olympic games and we're standing in a line at the venue at the venue, we're standing in lines to get suits and we still don't have any guarantee. And they say to us, okay, wherever you're from, everybody can have one suit until we run out. You know, one suit you're allowed. So the panic amongst the athletes, and I'm not just talking about myself, the panic amongst the athletes was just as high as it possibly can get. You knew that if you didn't have a suit, you were done. And so, and Speedo had control of the market then. I think that the other the other suit companies had some suits and every like there was a blue 70 right like this blue 70 was out and it was kind of all the talk do you have one of those that's the blue 70 oh the blue so 70 yeah if this is like a weird in between from the speedo laser and then the jacket and the x glide that come a year later mm. because it's it's they're, blue 70 are a wetsuit company they're like the original mm. iron man company and mm. they make wetsuits which are like thick neoprene so they've made a kind of neoprene kind like suit but for swimming so it's a lot thinner you know it's not like this thick or three mil or whatever but it's super buoyant i mean like you you feel air in like the, the bottom area and it just lifted you up mine's actually ripped quite sadly but um <laughs> th th this suit was yeah, that was the was thing bad. that was the other thing is the the rip was the fear right it was it was pretty easy to put a nail through it because they were so tight and so compressed that it took took about 45 minutes to get some of these suits on these big boys and the fear was you're going to put a nail through it or it's going to pop, you know, it doesn't fit in a certain area because everybody's got different body shapes. Some people might have big quads. Some people might have big hips or a big torso, whatever it is. And so everybody's different. And the fear was it was going to pop. And so, yeah, Blue 70 was in the market. I think everybody had some type of suit. But I think the clear winner in 2008 for sure was the Speedo and with the paneling and everybody knew it. And, um, and so we get one. Uh, you know, I fought for one. I got one for Caesar, and he had to swim um, a number of times. You know, prelims, finals, semifinals at the Olympics in this one. Semifinals uh, of the of the relay, of the fifty free, of the hundred free, all the way through. I mean, the hundred free was before the fifty, actually. So relay, hundred free, fifty free, prelims, semis, finals of all that. One suit. Um, and as you guys know, uh, the more you wear it, the more it stretches out, but, you know, it kind of, it doesn't have that same feel, that first time feel. So everybody was trying to get maybe three or four wears out of a, a suit and then move on. And we had one. Caesar ends up winning the Olympic Games in the last race. I think it was his 10th race or something. And, uh, and, and winning the Olympics in the, in the same suit that we had the whole time. But the fear of maybe putting a fingernail through this thing or something was just there the whole, the whole meet, you know? 
I think like that's something that's not often talked about, but I couldn't physically rip this original 2000 Farskin one. Like I can pull on this. Mm. You're not ripping this. The stitch seams, mm-hmm. but like the laser racer, the, the blue seventies, mm. like these things are super fragile. Like I can mm-hmm. just put my finger through it now. And I, you know, I cut my nails mm. this morning. Yeah. Um, and, and the laser, the laser racer was the same. Like it was so thin, um, so fragile, you know, it, it just was a suit that you could so easily break. And it really did wear as well over time. Like the material, maybe not quite 10 races, but if you go much beyond that, like the material gets really like, it just deteriorates basically. And the paneling yeah. starts to come off. They're not a suit that were made for someone to go and wear for a, like a whole year or multiple competitions. They're kind of like a one and done kind of thing. So it's just, I can't believe someone like Caesar was wearing just one for the whole Olympics. Like I always had yeah. a perception that these guys would be ha- having won a race, you know, like, um, mm. well, they, they were like, the sponsored yeah. athletes, right? Like yeah. that was the thing that there were the haves and the have nots at the Olympics and the haves, anyone that was sponsored by speedo in 2008. <clears throat> wow. It was your lucky day. Like you had suits coming out of your ears, but then the message to everyone else was like, Oh, we don't have many suits. But then, you know, I was looking at some of these sponsored athletes. I'd look in their gear bag and they'd have 20 suits waiting for them. You know, like, how can they have 20 and, and you can't give one to the rest of the field? You know, it was just, it was a very, very unfair advantage at that point in time if you were a sponsored athlete, for sure. <clears throat> but, like, mate, listen, then then the man, well, 2008 was crazy, right? But then 2009 just went to a whole nother level of madness, mate. What happened? Tell us about 2009. I mean, I, I can only say it from my, my perception of what happened with the brands, but, you know, I think brands like Arena and Jacket kind of saw what Speedo done and they put these polyurethane panels in and they probably went and started testing out polyurethane and different materials themselves on top of, like, the RFO suit they already had. And they probably found that if you covered the entirety of something like this <laughs> with polyurethane, you've got, you've got a suit that's just completely broken. Like, it makes you swim absurdly fast and <laughs> I, i've never i've never had hands-on with an x-glide i've owned a jacket i've swum in a jacket i've raced in a jacket i've never had an x-glide so i, I can't speak for the x-glide but the jacket it's not exactly the same as the laser race if it had 100 percent polyurethane coverage but it's it's pretty much in that direction and it's even more fragile it takes tightness to a new level because a textile fabric it stretches but plastic doesn't want to stretch like it's it's firm so any kind of stretching or you know extra pull when you put it on it rips and there's so many famous pictures of both men and women like behind the blocks trying to like cover up their modesty and because these suits would rip but long story short they cover these suits with all all of this plastic material this polyurethane and you got a suit that made you float it made you swim so much faster it was more hydrophobic and it was just well, world record after world record. And FINA got weird. They started trying to manage it. So there's all sorts of things. And, I, I, you know, I'd love to hear what you have to say about the the French championships where both Fred and Alan broke a record, which still stands as the European record maybe today, but isn't like ratified by FINA because they wore a suit that wasn't quite yet ratified. And then mm. Arena had to... So the original X-Glide was 100% this polyurethane. And then they done mm-hmm. a, a later version that was worn in Rome, which had a strip down the side of textile mm-hmm. because that was their way of getting around Fina's mm-hmm. quick. No, no, we don't like that. And there was, there was another swim of Riyazaki Irie. He wore a Arena mm-hmm. Japan suit, leg skin, 
went 152 something, 200 back, wasn't ratified. So, anyway, I'm waffling, but yeah, no, that's good. Was, that's good. It's good history. There. Um, yeah, mate, I got so many stories about 2009. That's <laughs> just ridiculous. I mean, it was, it was the suit wars, it was the suit wars, and you know, you had to. You had to be smart. You had to kind of uh, be clever and quick, and and you had to have a budget too, mate. Like I was lucky. I was at Auburn University. We had a budget, or or we or we established, we we created a budget anyway, and we said like, we can't compete unless we have this, right? And so, at that time, we were a speedo um, branding, you know, like because I think whoever the head coach was at the time, they just brought their contracts in. So David Marsh left in two thousand six. He was a speedo guy. He brings in um, Richard Quick, who's another Speedo guy. So Richard kind of grandfathers in his his contract with Speedo. So we're a Speedo team. 2009, Richard gets sick. And and so I don't have to honor the Speedo contract. It's not my contract. It's actually Richard Quick's contract. He's just putting all of his athletes in it. It's not actually an Auburn swimming contract. So I didn't have to honor it. So at that time, I said to myself, this is where I felt like Speedo took a back seat to some of these other these other um, you know associations. It was it was like it was Arena. I think Arena really jumped forward when they brought out that X Glide. That was another level. That that was like a spacesuit, and that's ultimately the one in 2009. I'm not sure if it had the paneling or not, but um, that's the one that Caesar broke the world record in mm-hmm. um, in, in an X Glide for sure. At that time, he was a he was an Arena athlete. You know, he he was actually so pissed off with the way that Speedo treated him in 2008 when he won the Olympics, he refused to sign with Speedo because of the way they treated him. And he went to Arena and they looked after him, which was great. Um, we actually met with Arena after he after he won um, in 2008 and said, make us a suit. We want to we want to crush Speedo. So that was kind of like his mentality of like, so yeah, this ex guy comes out and, and he wins and breaks the world record. And, and it was just madness. But um, but around, around the same time in, you know, Jacob has come out with this suit. And so in the, I've told this story too. In the lead up to the 2009 NCAA championships, we're, we're trying to figure out what suit we want to wear because we, we have options, right? We don't have to wear the Speedo, but the X-Glide is this and that. And then Fred Brusquet turns up to practice one day in this red shiny suit, right? And um, steps up on the block. I've actually got video of it, um, and I recorded him swimming 18 seconds just in practice in this suit. Like, he gets up on the block and goes in 18.53, and all of us are like, Fred, what's this suit? He's like, oh, this is this jacket. So it comes to, we come to find out that it's this, this Italian um, fashion label. Like, they're in fashion. That's what they, they make. They make clothes. And yet they've, they've got this fabric and they, they kind of experiment with it and they make a swimsuit around the same time. It was, just some, it was like two dudes in, in, uh, in Italy, just some small fashion label. Anyway, they create this suit. So I said to Fred, well, put me in touch with them. We, long story short, we, we, we talked to them and said, hey, I want, I want to get – I didn't want to overinvest because I wasn't exactly sure if it was the suit of the suit. I wanted to give my team options. It was literally about a couple of weeks before NCAAs. Anyway, we get we get eight suits. It cost me like three thousand dollars, and I said, oh, "I'm prepared to lose three grand." And so, what I wanted to do is say to the guys, "Like, all right, I've got these eight suits. I've got twenty of these speedo suits, and I've got you know ten X glides, kind of thing, whatever it was." And so it was like I gave them options, but every single one of them wanted the wanted the jacket. 
so we get them the night of the the, the night before NCAA starts, kind of thing, and we and we're parading around, and people are putting them on in the in the um you know the hotel. Like we're walking around the hotel, <laughs> guys are walking around in these shots. We had a gold one, we had a silver one, we had a red one, and uh, but we only had eight of them, and and we had a full team of like eighteen guys. So we said like be careful with them. We'll pass them around. So we just had people in the back, you know, in the locker room ripping suits off for people, putting the suit back on, go out and swim and blah, blah, blah. So we ended up winning the national championship in the majority of the swims in the Jacob. Um, not all of them. We didn't win certain. Matt, Matt Target didn't wear one that year. But, um, yeah, it was just one of those wild, wild West stories where it was just – it was madness, mate, total madness. I love that so much that, you know, you was back then, all right, we've got to work out how to get these suits and give these options because – I just I see so much today is like there's a lack of education on on suits and like I'm not even talking about having the best I'm just talking about you go to an age group meet and there's 16 year old kids wearing suits that are so ill fitting that they're like mm. actually making the swimmer swim slower and no coaches seem to care you know it's, it's not what we do as coaches we, we we make you better at swimming we don't know technology but you know definitely back in 0809 it was kind of your duty to make sure that your swimmers had the best fighting chance in terms of what they were wearing you know mm -hmm. be it getting mm -hmm. a laser in 2008 and you know experimenting with these different suits in in 09 because i mean they made such a difference like such a difference it was just crazy and yeah. i mean that's why so many world records went and uh, yeah the jacket suits were the coolest looking as well like maybe the coolest suit ever like the red one and the gold one like they're metallic like really cool well the red one too uh, i mean some of them some of them were very fitting and probably a little bit too revealing you know for uh, i remember fred putting one on i was like oh fred i didn't know about that that, that looks <laughs> like someone's just spray painted something on you you know <laughs> it was it wasn't very modest and you weren't allowed to wear a suit underneath so it was like there was a lot happening but um I just remember, you know, to me, 2000, the 2008 experience to me was Speedo saying F you, right? Mm -hmm. We're in control here. We'll do what we want to do and you'll have to just submit to us. And, and we had no power. 2009 was me saying F you to Speedo. That was yeah. me taking control back and saying, I'm going to put my athletes in whatever suit I want to put them in because of the availability. And even in 2009, Speedo was saying, oh, we can't guarantee that we can get you the suits until, and I was like, I'm not playing this game again. You know, and then, and Speedo came back because we were a Speedo team and they were upset with us. And I said, hey, read the contract. That's a Richard Quick contract, sorry. I don't owe you nothing. So they couldn't come back and do anything against us. Um, they never wanted to sponsor us in the future again. I mean, that they held that against us. But at that point in time, I didn't care. It was like, what can I do for my team? And so it was just taking control back. I felt like the suit companies at that time had all the control and uh, and that was just wrong. You know, we, we needed to give some control back to the athletes and the coaches and that's the way I took it back. But um, I'm, look, I, I don't know how it ended. I don't know if it was a, a, you know, I don't know if it was Speedo saying we need we need control back so they worked with FINA to kind of end this thing. or so. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was legitimately just because people were upset that the sport was advancing too far. So I don't know if the I don't know what the real reasons are, but it it kind of went away. You know, the suit craziness went away, and we kind of got some normality back into you know um, the way suits are being made again. You know. Yeah, I, I I just from remembering it as a kid, but I thought it was brilliant just because the suits looked cool and they made the sport 
you know, wow, you're the you're the sport that does them crazy bodysuits, not you wear skimpy briefs mm. and it's like, ugh, you know, as a kid growing up being a swimmer. And also it was just the most media attention. Like the laser racer was in the the, the daily newspapers in the UK. It was in the tabloids. Mm. And then so was 2009. Like swimming doesn't get in the newspapers. It doesn't get in the mainstream news. And all of a sudden it, yeah. was, it was doing it. And, you know, it's it's the it, it was the flip of, oh, if you was a speedo athlete in 08, you, you won. You had as many of these laser racers. And then if you was a speedo athlete in 08, in 09, you lost because you couldn't mm -hmm. wear the better suit. And mm -hmm. nothing depicted that more than the famous race between, uh, you know, Paul Biederman and Michael Phelps in the 200 freestyle where, you know, Michael swung at his best and, and got beaten by, you know, an, in another suit. Mm -hmm. But I, I have heard from brands that aren't Speedo saying there was a lot of, you know, controversy with FINA and, and pressure for them to get rid of the suits. And I, I think that can even be summarized by the fact that Speedo released their, their non-body suit suit, their FINA approved 2010 suit before 2010 was around. And, you know, there was a join the pool meet. I actually went and watched it in person in Manchester in 2009. Mm -hmm. And Michael was wearing the, the jammers, the new jammers for 2010. And some people like Nathan Adrian, I think he went 45-0 short course meters wearing the, the, the X guard of the jacket. But, you know, a lot, you know, Michael and Gemma Spoffoff and Rebecca Addington all wore this new suit. They got absolutely beaten heavily <laughs> by wearing it. But it was the fact that Speedo were the only brand that already had a suit for 2010. Mm. You know, basically as the news broke that, the bodies weren't going to be allowed in 2010 and it was a bit like that's that's a bit convenient right like yeah yeah you know, that's what i'm talking about yeah arena didn't have a suit ready because they, mm. they were getting the news like when we got the news um yeah yeah i think there was a little bit of back back uh back you know backdoor stuff going on around that time but i mean ultimately you know it still is swimming and and doesn't matter if we've got suits or not the the playing field is as level it, it definitely affected different swimmers differently and but that that can be said about the suits today even but you know it i just think the overall aesthetic of the sport took a hit that was probably unnecessary but i mean i'd, I'd love to know what it was like as a coach working with athletes like caesar you know moving away from the body suits um and, and fred obviously mm. like fred had potentially his best swim ever in 2010 right you know when he went that 21-3 in a jammer when yeah, everyone was struggling yeah. to adjust but like, how was the general consensus on deck with these jammers mate i think i think it was probably the most difficult time for any coach uh for a period of about two years i mean it, it lasted about two years to really acclimatize and go backwards it was almost like going back into old technology and this and, and this reimagination of um how to swim and how fast you can go and things like that and i actually felt like it was even more difficult for some of the younger athletes like some of the freshmen coming into college they were like you know they were swimming times that we were recruiting them on based on the suits that were they were in right and the suits were changing the way that they would sit in the water and feel and, and all sorts of things and, and swim. But psychologically, they would come in and um, and really blame the program in a way. And I think, and, and look, this wasn't just a, an Auburn thing. It was, it was across the board when I was talking to coaches that they were struggling with these, these new athletes coming into these programs with these new suits. And they were like, well, I did this in high school. I was like, 
well, high school, you swam in that suit, right? Like you're swimming in this suit now. That, that, and the kids just couldn't comprehend it. You know, it was just like, I swam that last year and now I'm swimming two seconds slower. And so your program sucks. The work we're doing sucks. You know, it was very mentally difficult across the board. This wasn't just one or two athletes. This was everybody taking a, taking a hit, right? And so I think that was the most difficult part. Uh, you know, if you're an experienced swimmer, you understand what that suit was doing because you, di you didn't swim in that suit a few years before that, you know, like you were swimming and then the suit came along and made you feel a certain way. And then when you went back, you're like, oh yeah, that's right. That's, that's why I used to feel, that's why I used to swim. But it was the younger generation that I felt had the most difficulty with it for sure. And I think it was a period of at least two years that we really had to overcome and do a lot of psychological work, a lot of, just a lot of team meetings, a lot of talking, constantly having to reassure them that they're doing the right things, they're on track, or they have to adjust a certain way to feel a certain way in the water and things like that. So yeah, it was a very difficult period, man, for sure. Event, heat, lane, name of swimmer, times and places. It's called Swim Nerd Live, and it allows the data and times from your actual scoreboard to be broadcast and viewed in real time on any smart TV, phone, or other device. There are so many things you can do with this software. A very simple and easy to use necessity for any team or facility that is live streaming their meets results. One click on any device and they're watching your swim meet live in real time. Go to swimpractice.com to learn more. Destro Swim Towers. Gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT. B-R-E-T-T -T at checkout. Destromachines.com. Yeah. I mean, I, I was lucky. I was 14. So I, I had a blue 70 and I swam PBs. And I remember the, the January 2010, we had the county championships. And I got, you know, this new jammer. And I was like, cool, this doesn't feel great. And I swam PBs first meet because <laughs> I was, you know, I just turned 15 or whatever. And, you know, it's like when you're 15, mm. you're... you're yeah, you know, I could have probably worn a drag suit and swam PBs. So I, I really didn't have that impact because I was that little bit younger again. But, I, you know, I, I remember from watching swimming, you know, again, because that's all I'd done at that point is I'd, I'd watch the world champs and stuff on TV. And I just remember being like, this is so deflating because it's so much slower. Like, mm. I, you know, we, we can talk about another topic altogether, but getting people to want to watch swimming. But fast swimming is like the best thing to watch. No one wants to see, you know, slow races. They want to see world records and PBs. And we just lost that for so many years. Like, it, it doesn't matter if it was the same guy winning races. They were winning races, mm. you know, half a second slower on a 50 than they did two years prior. And Yeah. That, that yeah, was mate. I think to go faster than anyone's ever gone and to look fast in the water, and all, like – Every sport goes through it. I mean, I was watching bobsled last year at the Olympics and the bobsleds didn't look anything like they did, you know, two Olympics before that. I mean, they're, they're racing in these rockets now, you know? So like every single sport, I look, look at tennis, look at the rackets these days compared to what they were doing 20 years ago. I mean, the, the racket does the work for you. All you got to do is hold it, you know? So it's like uh, everything, to, golf has technology, running, I mean, they're running in these uh, what are, what kind of carbon yeah. carbon fiber um, shoes now that are doing crazy things that kind of bounce you off the ground. And uh, 
the, the marathon times are coming way down and things like that, you know, triathlons, the, the Ironman, you know, the technology that they're using in these Ironman these days, they're, they're racing these things in about six and a half hours or something, something ridiculous is like, so look, everything's advancing. It was a shame. I felt swimming was on track. It was expensive for sure. I think some of those suits were, were pretty, pretty crazy price, you know, 1500 bucks for a suit that you're going to wear six to 10 times and maybe put a hole in it that that's excessive right for any family so look there's pros and cons of it too right i I could see both sides certainly i'm like you i think the sport needed to advance but um well tell me this then as we wrap up then where are we at right now what's the best suits you think on the market do you have any examples of anything yeah so i mean i i I had a few just laying around but this is the arena carbon pro um mm. i thought i'd mention that one because that's what obviously bruno wore at the olympics when he won that bronze medal that's sitting behind you but mm. this was like the first jammer that come out that was like radically different so this came out in 2012 and it, it, it has carbon fiber strands that you can see they're like these little boxes on it mm. and this was like the most compressing jammer of its time like way more than speed and i think this is the suit that really the, on top of the X Guide, put Arena as like this massive powerhouse where Arena are almost as big as Speedo, if not as big, bigger. You know, Arena and Speedo are, are the two giants of swimming. And as you said at the beginning, it was just Speedo back in like the late 90s. And then there's obviously the suit that I I personally talk about the most and, and really like and think is the best. You're wearing their T-shirt, but it's the, uh, the Mizuno suit. Um, and this thing, this thing is just crazy. This is the third generation here. I also have the fifth generation here. If I'm going to pick one, I would still wear the third generation. The fifth generation, the biggest thing it does better than this, the fifth one is much more robust. This suit is like the best longevity and build quality of any jammer on the market. Like this one don't rip. This one, Mm. like it feels tight, 10 wears in. Like this thing is ridiculous. But this one feels a little faster, but is a little more prone to rip. And I think the craziest thing it does, uh, and, it, and it was the first to do that, do, is it has these, like, taping down mm. the back of the suit. You see these two, like, strips. Yeah. Mm. And like the uh, the Nike Alpha Fly, um, the Vaporfly shoe that has the carbon that mm. basically springs you forwards, this, as you kick downwards, it pulls. So then it basically just pulls mm. your leg back up. So you kick... Right. And then it just pulls your leg back up. And I think that's like the craziest piece of tech we've had in a suit since the days of the jacket, the X-Glide, the laser racer. And that's why, if you're a guy at least, this is the the go-to suit, the Mizuno. Um, And there's loads of variations of the Mizuno now. They they do some more flexible ones for um, for distance swimmers and stuff. The the ones I have here are the sprint models, and I think the sprinters there like a no brainer. You'd be mad not to jump onto one of them. Yeah, it's interesting that a that a company like Mizuno of all of all companies came in came into play. I was actually I, I forgot to mention this. I was actually sponsored back in the early two thousands by Asics. Asics actually had a swimsuit, mate. I, I have an Asics swimsuit. Here we go. I have mm. jammers I have for days, but yep. this is an Asics. Uh, yeah. I'm not very good at lining up my, my suits with the camera. This is an ASICS jammer. This is their mm. one of their latest models. It's called the Top Impact Line oh, Ryo okay. Glide. Oh, they're uh, still in it. I didn't realize they were still they, in it. They're still in it. They sponsor quite a few swimmers in Japan. And mm-hmm. like, thing with Mizuno, 
Asics, and then Arena Japan, which is actually a brand called Desante, they only serve the Asian market. So they serve, mm. you know, Hong Kong, Japan, yep. Taiwan, yep. Taipei, but they, mm. they don't go Western. And it was only because the Mizuno was so popular because like you and Auburn and the Jacket, Texas basically done with the Mizuno suit and they brought them in maybe five years ago, that mm. the Mizuno's got so big in the US that you can now buy Mizuno's in, you know, in America, they're a, they're a retailer. But ASICs and stuff like that, they're not that good and they just sort of stick to Japan, mm. but they are still going very strong. And they wow. make, again, one of the most funky looking suits out there. They're all yeah. absolutely bonkers um, design-wise. Yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, what about the, the the major players like like Tier? Tier is a major player still, you know, in in, in the suit market. Um, and then Speedo still there. Then you know we have we have some other players. But um, what do you think about the Tier technology? Are they any good? So, if if I was to say a Tier suit for women, and I, I I'm not worn the women's suit, but just from having worked with elite women athletes who aren't sponsored. The Tierra Victor, so this is the men's version, mm -hmm. um, but you probably saw it at the World Cup. Every World Cup podium with like college athletes or high school mm -hmm. athletes that weren't sponsored, they were full of these. Bella Sims, you know, mm -hmm. Katie Grimes, all them athletes who aren't sponsored, they're wearing this Tierra Victor on the women's side. Lily King, they mm -hmm. love this suit. It's not really a, a men's sprint suit, but it's super comfy, super flexible, good levels of compression still. And I, I think women love that, the, uh, the Tierra Victor. And they have just uh, launched a suit like yesterday that I actually was part of the prototype um, process of. It's called the, uh, oh my God, here I am, I'm being an idiot. I forgot what it's called. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's freaking awesome. It's called the Tier Light Force or something. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really good. Um, I'm getting like the final version through to review on my YouTube channel. But uh, is that what they yeah. do? They 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 kind of hit you up early and say, "Hey, we've got something. Can you can you review this and maybe keep quiet about it?" Do they do that? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's called the Shockwave. There we go. Um, yeah, like they've sent me multiple prototypes over the years, and um, I think Tier the only brand that have done it. But yeah, I, I, I try out myself. I, I've you know let a few athletes wear it as well, and just just give them some real world feedback. And I think. Tier jumped onto that with me because they kind of saw what I was doing and I'm, I'm only going to give honest feedback. That's all I've ever done on my YouTube channel. Like, I will stand here and say Mizuna's my favourite. They've never paid me a penny. They've never asked me to say anything I've not wanted to say. And Why don't the they pay you a penny, mate? If you're saying that, they're, that you're their favourite, <laughs> like, why? They should be paying you a penny. But I, I, don't, I don't really want that. I know it sounds absurd, but... I like talking about Speedo. I like talking about Arena. And I think all the brands have something to offer. And also, you know, for what I'm doing on in terms of making content, I can't, you know, mm. just say I'm a Mizuno guy. You know, mm. most of my wardrobe is Arena stuff. I like, I Arena is a brand of brilliant. Like, they make the best clothing, in my opinion. They make, the you know, a lot of the best training aids. Um, you know, they're a great brand. They make my favorite goggles, you know, Mizuno goggles mm -hmm. suck. Like straight mm -hmm. up, they suck. Like get your hands on a pair of Mizuno goggles. You will like pull them off and throw them in the bin, <laughs> you know? So, you know, there's, there's more to it in my mind than just, all right, Mizuno are great. Let's just get in bed with them and, and, and call it a day. Um, mm. uh, I've probably got some Speedo suits here as well. I think the arena suits are like, pretty middle of the road like they're just really solid options like you won't go wrong with them but um they're not the, they're not quite the best but again people love them and 
you know it is, Brett. It's no different to you you back in 2000 saying I want an Aqua Blade when, you know, half your team would have been like, really? We love the yeah. fast, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's the same with suits. I can tell you that I think the Mizuno is the best, but, you, you you know, you could try them all out tomorrow and be like, you're yeah. off your head, Danny. So, yeah, there's definitely personal preference in there. It's nice to have options now. Is there anything? Um, is there any? And is there any kind of inside technology that's coming out in the future that that is blowing your mind that you know maybe you can't talk about? But like, do you know of anything in the future that's like, oh wow, this is kind of an, another level? So, I I don't know much really about it, but I was talking to. Siobhan Jorge, the uh, the woman's 200 freestyler world record holder short course. Mm. And she's sponsored by Arena, but mo mostly the Arena Japan side, which is, again, completely different to like the carbon suits we get here in the West. And she said that she's been testing. I don't even know if I can say this, but I don't know any intricacies of it. Say it. She's been, she's been testing a woman's suit that has something that no other suit has. And when it's released, it's going to be a woman's only suit. Like, it's not going to be a jammer. It's just mm. going to be a woman's knee, knee, knee skin. She mm. said it's mental. Like, mm. she says it's brilliant. She's mm. been trying all the prototypes. She's part of the, you know, the design, the design process of it. And she said, when this launches, I think it's for Paris Olympics. We might be a year away soon. So if you don't hear about it for another, you know, six mm. months, that's not, not a surprise. But she said it's going to be like a game changer in women's suits, which kind of makes sense because they've got this whole torso area to play with in terms of technology, right? Mm, yeah there we go see if everyone hung on to the 58 minute mark you got some inside info there for, uh, for <laughs> paris olympics maybe I, there's always something coming out for the olympics yeah. there's always somebody dropping like i told you 2000 you 2004 2008 even 12 yeah the olympic is kind of like that drop that they want to put put some new technology out and they they start testing things two years three years out so um doesn't surprise me that they're onto something so interesting yeah looking forward to it but uh Mate, this has been fun to catch up. Good hour of uh, suit reviewing here. Some some little yeah. some suits that have never been seen before. Mate, suits that have never been worn before. Might have a price tag on them. And um, yeah. And if you're a if you're a company out there that likes to get their suits reviewed, mate, I would be hitting up Sonny and getting getting him the suits and getting some reviews. Uh, mate, I love your channel. Love what you're doing, and uh, appreciate this today. All right. Cheers, Brett. Awesome. Thanks. All right, all right, mate. Take care. See you guys.